And I am Louise Ward. And uh, this is a show where every week Louise shows me two movies um, that are really fucked up and weird and distressing. And and then uh, we talk about them for one hour. Yeah. And um, the funny thing is, is that I think I broke Aoife this week. Um, I I decided to show her two films, um, mostly connected through their cast. And because of that... Um, we ended up with a pretty miserable fucking night. <laughs> yeah, this was probably the first big failure programming-wise for us, where it was a really bizarre experience of something that really hurt me and uh, put me through the ringer, followed by just kind of coming down through something that was kind of dull and bad. <laughs> um, so... Hey, those are my friends you're talking about. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. It was it there is there are reasons we're talking about it. Um so the first film we talked about was uh Lucifer Valentine's Regurgitated Sacrifice. The 2007 masterpiece of the Vomit Gore trilogy. Yes. Now it's and a quadrilogy. Yeah. Uh is of, it? Yes, the, he made a, a follow-up film in like uh the, the late 2010s uh, okay. called uh, Black Mass of the Nazi Sex Wizard. Okay, that sounds wonderful. I didn't see it. It was um, it was it was like an exclusive for sale on some website where I would have had to like import it from Germany for way too much money. Ooh. And I was just like, I'm a broke student. I can't afford this. Yeah. Um. So I have not seen that one. Um. I mean, it's probably more of more of what we're used to from <laughs> Lucifer Valentine. Um. And I, I wanted to show you the good one because because the okay. original plan for this when me and Aoife talked about the podcast was Aoife said man wouldn't it be great if you made me watch all three of those movies wouldn't wouldn't it be awesome Uh, yeah and we're kind of shooting one of our great episode ideas here on on doing this because I was like oh we'll sit down you'll make me watch all three vomit gores um, which I'm only familiar through, like, I think, like, Maylitz did a segment on, on her YouTube uh, about that and, and basically just said, like, this was the hardest sit of my life and, like, this 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 sucks and is, is terrible and pornographic. And, and I was like, okay, so we'll do an episode where you sit me for all three of those and it's the one where I just break, where you break my mind and, and I'm an empty shell and we spend an hour in like this like uh, delirious state of not really having anything to talk about and we just kind of well, riff and and what, what kind of ended up happening was i was re-watching some of um slaughter vomit dolls and yeah. slow, por- slow torture puke chamber yeah and i was kind of like i don't know if i would get enough material out of us watching all three of these and I mean, fuck, even tonight, it's going to be hard for us to come with enough material for, yeah. for watching one of them. But I, 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 I do actually have a soft spot in my heart. Regurgitated specifically is actually one of my favorite movies of all time. Okay. I, I love this film. Okay. Um, I think it's one of the best films of the 21st century. I think it wow. is, is like stylistically so bold mm-hmm. and incredible and the like... What Lucifer Valentine does in this movie is is sick and twisted in a way that is so artistic and so aesthetically pleasing. And I remember the first time I saw it, I was 
you know, like with all of the movies we watch, you're expecting yeah. like, oh, I'm going to watch this movie that's like a scary underground movie that has like puking and blood and violence. And, and you're going to be kind of going, oh, what's real and what's not? And, and, and to be disgusted, right? Yeah. And, and the thing is, is like I was expecting with this because of its reputation to be more like the August Underground movies. Like mm. I was expecting more of like a fake snuff movie with a lot of vomit. But instead, yeah. you get something that's like actually like extremely well edited, incredibly well sound designed. And it's like actually very cinematic even though it's a movie that is just building up to people having um chunky vomit hit like a plexiglass over top of a camera and um i i did recognize while we were watching it that you were very invested in the first 20 minutes and the second that the vomit happened um (laughs) that once the once the puking started your attention was quickly lost yes yeah that was yeah, I, I had a very similar experience, which is that I had the expectation going in of, like, these are just, like, straight up, like, you know, fetish movies. Like, these are just porn- effectively, like, pornographic, built to be, like, as uncomfortable as possible. And, like, you know, if it, if you're not into that, it's going to gross you out, and that's why people watch them is because it's this test of endurance. And when the fir- movie first came on, I was so startled by how into it I was. Like, just that sound design and those credits, which were, like, so coolly designed. And, and that whole intro, the very, like, spacey, surreal, like, thing with the, the twins getting uh, get, getting separated. Uh, and, and the, um, like, the, the monologue and the... The, the way all the footage cuts together, it was just all of this, like, it was this, like, goth girl fantasia that, like, yeah. reminded me of, like, all the shit that I used to, like, reblog well, on and Tumblr. It, it, and this um, has a lot of sequences that were definitely stuff I reblogged back in yeah, the blog days, yeah. right? And, like, it, it is kind of interesting because when you watch the film, it does take a while to get into the vomit gore portion. I mean, it, yeah. it, it kicks off with the gore right away, <laughs> but, like, when I talk about, like, vomit gore, it's that intersection <laughs> of, like, you know, the gore scene's happening with the vomiting yeah that's like the key to these movies yeah. and like I, I i think it's like a very brilliantly done movie i i, I use the term lynchian with you while you're watching yeah. it because I, I i will say i really hate the term lynchian i think it's like a very silly term because it's misapplied a lot where where people just say oh this is wacky it's like david lynch yeah but but with this it it, it does feel like you're watching something like inland empire where yeah. it's like shot in like 4-3 video it has like a very like odd and off-putting style that works in this way that it creates an emotional landscape and when you're watching these shots like some of my favorite shots in the movie and this is like some of my i will go as far as say this is one of my favorite fucking camera moves of the 21st century is these shots where the camera will be on the ground and then it's just sort of kicked forward a couple of feet yeah. and then kicked forward a couple more yeah. feet. And it, and it just sits in these static shots and then the camera just moves like completely yeah. um, like without impact, without like aestheticism. It's just like, it's just, it feels like this weird realism that I just yeah. love so much, but it's still done in a way that is like formal yeah. and it's intentional but it it, it it captures this striking perfect balance between unintentionality and it and and like formalism and i just yeah. think it is so freaking genius and i've like definitely stolen that technique yeah um i think it is like 
honestly, like the filmmaking in this yeah. is so exciting to me. Mm. And it's just kind of incidental that it's a movie made to, to satisfy uh, Valentine's fucking vomit fetish. Yeah. And I think that that is like so cool. The, the, that camera move um, reminds me a ton of like the Evil Dead cam where you do have those like totally unpredictable angles of action inside of it and it sort of portrays the camera as this like malevolent force that like through the movie you don't really you kind of feel like the movie itself is what is causing all of this awful shit to happen to these people and not the actual like perpetrators in whatever like thin thin degree of, of plot or storyline is is happening in scare quotes well and, and the thing that's interesting is like valentine was kind of like a hollywood guy right like yeah. he, he he this is like you know it's obviously a pseudonym i i would yeah. hope anyone listening to this realizes that and um like like he we forgot if i recall correctly like he was like an editor or sound editor on like true blood and like yeah. he, he had like actual credits so like he's coming into this as like you know, in the same way I talked about Matthew Bright, it's like yeah. you're a sick pervert who's like, I'm going to make a bunch of alternative girls do something fucked up on camera. And oh my God, like I would have jumped at the chance to be one of these fucking movies yeah. as the Soskas did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, like this movie is absolutely carried by by Amara LeVay. May she rest in peace. I, I honestly can't believe that happened to her. Yeah. It, it's like one of the saddest fucking things in the world. But like... Um, Brandy Petrie, who, whose stage name was Meryl LeVay, she mm. plays uh, Angela Aberdeen in these films. She is otherworldly and incredible. Like I said, she has like Cheryl Lee vibes in these yeah. films. Like, like yeah. she's like the perfect lost girl. Um, her performance is absolutely stunning. The way she delivers the monologues is just like otherworldly. Yeah. And then she's supported by the fucking Soska twins yeah. who are like coming into this movie trying to do the edgiest fucking shit that yeah. they could possibly do. And it just rocks. It's oh, so yeah. exciting. Um, every scene that the three of them share is like the highlights of the fucking movie, yeah. for sure. They are incredible. They have great on-screen chemistry. It's sexy. It's erotic. It's weird. And, of course, those are most of the scenes that don't have the, like, vomit aspect of, yeah. of it, which is the hardest part to watch i mean i did throw up while watching the movie you threw up three or four times yeah i i, I puked I, I i'm fine with like like i can puke on demand as i was saying in the last one i was like a bulimic so like yeah. i definitely like have no issue with like myself vomiting <laughs> i do it a lot um but it, it is really interesting because like when i see people doing that on camera it, i do get the like um what were you calling it like that that uh, like sympathetic gag yeah, reflex yeah, yeah. um and then um, the, the scene that really, like, made me have to, like, run and, like, actually throw up is, is the piss drinking. Yeah. That, that was, like, too much for me. Yeah. Admittedly. The, um, um I, I, I have an iron stomach. Yeah, you have so, an iron stomach, yeah. and you're also a sick pervert. Yeah. And as am I. I mean, like, yeah. I don't mind if someone pissed in my mouth, but I can't watch someone else drink their own piss. Like, like, there's something that's, like, a barrier between, like, like, cinema and, like, you doing it. Like, yeah. I'm fine, like, to have, like, base like, I'm fine to do basically anything. Like, yeah. I'm a total fucking sick pervert yeah. in my daily life. But, like... Once you, like, cross the threshold and represent stuff on camera, like, that's one of the things I remember most about, like, when I was doing these sick underground movies is it's really fun to do on the day. And then when I watched <laughs> it back, it's like, oh, this is, like, actually disturbing and disgusting yeah. me. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's really too bad that um, the, 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 like... It's really too bad that the reputation of the Vomit Gore movies is, like, so fucking bad. Like, mm -hmm. I actually am, like, 
in a very slim minority of uh, people who actually like appreciate these movies and like these movies and would be like, I'm a fan of the yeah, Bomb yeah. trilogy. No I, one else shares that opinion. Again, it's generally pitched as a dare. Yeah, and I and I don't feel it's that bad. Like it, it, it's I I think I said while we were watching it that this is the worst thing I've ever seen. Yeah, I but, think this but is, I've seen all of this stuff before. I mean, like I mean, like for me, the stuff that's like right. the most disgusting is like the vomit stuff, and then also like you know pistering. But like that, I see that in my tranny porn. I don't yeah. like I don't like worry too much about. Um, that is like in terms of like the representation of like g- grossness on screen. Like it's just sick fetish shit. Like I, yeah. I, I don't think these movies are that bad. Um, but like, I, I'd be curious to hear like what it is I, to you that like sticks out as, as like being that disturbing. I mean, I'm, I guess... I'm, I'm fucked up. I, I, I'm a bad judge of this kind of stuff. <laughs> I mean, I guess in the context of like, uh, of like real movies and not like shock videos this is the worst thing i've ever seen obviously you're on the internet you have whatever uh you know things things crop up but um uh, i don't know i think that i mean the vomiting is hard to watch especially once you get when it's when it's the like water vomiting and when it's the um blood vomiting when it's a blood vomiting and when it's the um uh, even like when it's like bile and like the white like cons- uh, consistency, like when the consistency is all the same, it's fine. It's when you get to the chunky, when you get to the food in it, I can't, I cannot. No, look that's at the that. grossest stuff. I for really sure. cannot look at that. And that's the same scene where they're beating the girl over the head with the alarm clock for real, <laughs> and it's the worst. Underground movies I, are so cool. I. <laughs> That scene did. I I did tap out. I did look away. I I I must admit, um, and I I didn't think you'd get me there again. I like I said. I I have an iron stomach. So this and is a the most disturbing. So this is the most disturbing movie that we've watched so far. For sure, definitely. Oh, by far. Like really? by a, a lot. By a lot. A lot. Oh, so this is the one to top now. Yes. Okay. Sure. That's for really sure. interesting because because you know you've seen one vomit porn movie you've seen them all yeah. um, like all the all the vomit porn movies are about the same. I mean like I I remember like I discovered saying like okay he, for context like a movie like um the 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 vomit gore trilogy is something I saw after I'd already seen stuff that was kind of like on the like nastiest dredges of the internet mm-hmm. sort of like lists like mm-hmm. I remember seeing stuff like Squirmfest okay and like 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 that's like a movie where like. This girl's like just eating bugs and vomit, okay. and it's like you know that, that's it. That's like the yeah. extent of the movie. So I'd already seen stuff that was like kind of in the same wheelhouse, and like so much like underground cinema is just like about puking. Yeah. I mean, like even the movie we're shooting right now, I spend a lot of that running time just puking on demand. It's because of all the p- talk that we've had. About I know puke because on this well podcast. because I was like I gotta make an underground mm. movie. Everyone's throwing up on mm. command, and yeah. I can do that. So like, why not? Yeah. Um, just one more tool in the yeah. in the, in the I, palette. I, for... I do want to say that one of the things that is kind of interesting mm. about this movie is that I think that it's better as like a, a vomit disturbing movie than it is with the gore because we mm. were talking earlier about how like the the type of gore it, it aims for is stuff that like kind of becomes in, inherently clownish was the word yes. you would use every single every single one of these movies and this happened in Mortem too and we forgot to bring it up. There's always a scene where they cut somebody's belly open and they pull out their intestines. And the second the intestines come out, it's just silly. 
It yeah. always looks silly. Well, and that's what I was saying um, about Mortem was it's like the most relatable kills or like the asphyxiations or yeah. like the, the smaller um, like sorts of physical harm that you can do on somebody because you have to make pain relatable yeah. on camera. So um, same thing goes for like Cello or any of these movies yeah. we've watched. The stuff that's the most relatable <clears throat> are like the smaller sorts of injuries. <clears throat> like you were talking about martyrs tonight. Yeah. And like, like pulling a staple out of your face yeah. is like a lot more of worst. a relatable type of pain than yeah. like seeing someone just being like disemboweled. And like yeah. all these movies do the disembowel effect because it's really easy to put a fake stomach on. I mean like fucking I did that in SIDS. Yeah. Like it's really easy to do. Um those sorts of effects but like i do agree that it enters a realm of fantasy where like yeah. it kind of makes it silly and also like we have like fake dicks in this movie shooting yeah. blood and yeah. like it's just it just becomes silly at a certain point maybe that's yeah. why i don't find it like particularly disturbing like i get the sympathetic gag reflex i can understand yeah. how it's gross but i don't really think of it as like a disturbing movie um mostly because it's just like yeah, I don't know. But See, but outside of, like, maybe the style, like, the sound design the and stuff, thing. that's the stuff that's, like, that's, I, that's the stuff that's I would thing. talk about. Not the content, but the style is, yeah. is disturbing. And, and that's the thing is, if it wasn't so technically well done, it probably wouldn't get to that point. You would probably just get desensitized to it. But, like, the fact that the sound design is so cool and it does that thing that I love where it's, like, sort of score and sound design at the same time and how harsh the the editing is mixed with how harsh this this sound design slash music is it, it's an oppressive environment to exist in and you you're already in that mode and it sort of gets you in your feelings with that first like 15 minutes where you know it gets you really reflecting on trauma and on psychosexual torment and then and then it hits you with like 40 minutes of, uh, of of vomit porn and that is still edited in that style still with that like beautiful like heart-wrenching noise music playing over it and that's the point where it is where where it does get to the point where it's like let me out let me out let me out was kind of the feeling that i was having it wasn't like scared it wasn't disturbed yeah. it wasn't well, like well and you spoke to the fact that it's so episodic that yeah. it, that you kind of start to lose interest and yeah it, well it feels like porn yeah. it feels like porn at a certain point where it's like okay scene but it is porn new actress scene new actress it is kind of know. porn it is isn't it, it? it really like, is yeah. it is porn it's more <clears throat> porn no, oh, these I mean, are gore porn. There's great porn out there. Like, like don't like how is but... how is this different than like Mortem or any of these other movies we've watched that are just like episodic in terms of like the the hey here's a new victim hey here's a new victim like at least this That's has true. some degree of like um, stylistic flair where it's like okay we we've got like Angela Aberdeen's character she's yeah. kind of like appearing it's as these like different device. forms as as she's being like suffer like as she's experiencing suffering on her like road to hell right yeah. so to me it's like you're getting these different incarnations of this character, seeing her suffer in new and exciting ways. And like, sure, there's always like a lot of vomiting, but yeah. like, you know, we get like different degrees of like BDSM and rape and like all these like, you know, fun things that I love in a movie. <laughs> and like, um, I don't know, like, like to some extent, like it also just like works really well for me. Yeah. Like, like it, 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 it's such a like complete package. It's, it, it takes you on a tonal experience. Like that's why I'm not hesitating to use the term like mm. Lynchian with something like this, because it is like a beautiful lost girl narrative that kind of like engages your senses in the same way as a movie like Inland Empire does. Hmm. And I, I think it's really strong on, on those qualities. Um, it's also got a lot of vomiting and yeah. stuff in it that like, I guess kind of, I, you know, what? this is actually an interesting conversation is like, <clears throat> 
when you have a movie like this, there, <clears throat> the the um, when you have a movie like this, the vomiting kind of acts as like this distanciation advice because yeah. unless you're like Lucifer Valentine, where you're like, I have a vomit fetish, I want yeah. to see this. Emetophile. Yeah, unless you're an emetophile, um, it's one of those things where like that is the disconnect from the movie. That's the, yeah. the I need to look away moment. Yeah. And I feel like that's one of the reasons why like when you and I were watching it today, you know, the second you're like kind of covering your face going like, oh my God, I can't see this. Yeah. You're you're then starting to disconnect from the style. And yeah. since the movie is structured as such like a fucking tone poem in yeah. terms of like how the like fucking editing and sound design is like firing all, all mm. cylinders. Yeah. There is this distanciation that happens. And I had this, for me, even like more so than the, the vomiting, it's yeah. like, the the gore porn sequences yeah. where they're like ripping out the intestines yeah. or um like when the the fake dick which looks yeah. really fake is yeah. out like it's it those are the moments where i'm just like start the movie's starting to lose me a little bit See, i kind of reconnected a little bit when the when the intestines pulled out because we laughed at them like we we we, we laughed at them but, they but you're losing so the silly. tone that's but the problem lose- that that is That's true. That's what I'm saying. And but maybe honestly, that was kind of a break for me when the when that intestine sequence came out because I was just at, at that point I had just started focusing on like the colors yeah. and how pretty that scene is. And well, because like, they're shooting, white yeah, they're shooting it into stark on, white soundstage, and it's like. Yeah. It looks so fucking good. It looks good. so cool. Like, that's the thing that's, like, yeah. crazy about, the, like, these movies. Like, or more specifically this one. I think this is the mm-hmm. nicest looking one. Um, the, the the first one's, like, you know, a lot cheaper. Yeah. It, feels, it feels a lot rougher around the edges. Yeah. Whereas, like, this one's the, like, the big budget, like, mm. version of the first movie. Um, <laughs> and, like, the, the thing I would say about it is, like, those set pieces in, like, that white uh, stage are, like, absolutely yeah. otherworldly yeah. like that that is so 2007 it yes. is it is it, it's firing on all cylinders we were talking as, about like, american movie we were talking about yeah. american apparel core last yeah week. exactly yeah. like that's exactly what it feels hmm. like where it's just this like absolutely competent ex- aesthetic exercise yeah. and like to, to have like the the stark contrast of like the blood and puking against this like beautiful like white void yeah uh, and like i guess like maybe it's like trying to represent this like sort of limbo space or whatever where yeah. like these things are occurring it's like i don't know it just like works really well like mm. aesthetically although i i will kind of stand by my point that like it, it gets so silly with the gore that you're kind of like that stuff is like kind of losing me a little yeah. bit and, and also the like satanism devil worship stuff is really yeah. silly and and like how do you feel about the kurt cobain worship how do you feel about that oh, stuff see that i find i find the kurt thing really interesting the kurt thing was sort of like i was trying to find an emotional entryway because i knew uh, from everything you told me i knew that this was something that you'd hyped up quite a bit and i was like okay where am i where where am i gonna find my angle on this and the kurt angle is so it's so weirdly layered through it where like it's set on his suicide date and it ends like with the shot of the the greenhouse and from the garden reading like notes off of the wall um parallel that i sort of found was that like uh whatever valentine's trying to say through the presence of kurt in this is the the only connection i could think of is that there is this fixation in kurt's work with the suffering of women that like there is like this very feminist kind of like lots and lots of stories about lost girls about um you know the violence that men do to women 
and I, you know, that's obviously why he's like one of the best songwriters ever. And like, I, I felt like maybe it was trying to tap into that with its Lost Girl narrative, but like in this totally sicko way where like the feminism's gone. <laughs> yeah, that was my thought. That was that was that was where my head went with with the Kurt symbology in this or it's just like this guy is an exer and was traumatized by by his suicide the same way everyone else was like those are yeah i can't really explain it i i, I know yeah. that like uh lucifer valentine has done like interviews that where he talks a little bit more about the kurt cobain worship in his yeah. movies but the thing is is that like he plays a character when he talks about this shit yeah. so i have no fucking clue what his opinions actually are i mean like i could talk way <laughs> deeper because like you know this underground horror shit like everyone knows who everyone actually is but okay. like i'm not gonna like it's not the place for this podcast we're not blowing whistles on this podcast no Why? that seems like a great idea uh, you know I, I got ever... i got in trouble this week for actors did you yeah i did i was out with i was out with some other like you didn't even publish it not for the episode, just my association with it. I got called out Simply. for... Simply. Yeah, I got called out for being... Simply by. Yeah, I got I got called out for my Dime Square affiliations. Oh, no. Um, so I, I'm sorry for my Dime Square affiliations. Yeah. Yeah. This is... Um, is that our lead-in into our second film? Is um, that what you're... Do you have more on Regurgitated? Um, I... I guess, like, the, the final thing I'll say about it is, is the great thing about Regurgitated Sacrifice is it's the perfect, like edge filter because it, it really is the thing that separates people who are like oh i like like edgy movies from yeah. people who are like actually psychopaths yeah. like myself because this is like a, i have the vomit gore trilogy box set yeah and it's one of those things where when someone says hey what do you have that's really fucked up i would love to watch it i always pull that out lend it to them and then they'll always give it back and go that was not for me yeah. And for me, it's like the ultimate like filter for like yeah. whether or not like I can fuck with someone on that level. Fair and enough. you made it through. Yeah. And uh, that's like really impressive to yeah. me. So I do congratulate you. Had you lent it to me and I was watching them on my own, that might have happened. Um, well, it's a good thing I'm going <laughs> to now. The actually, fact that we sat down yeah. together and, and did it made it like a fun thing like these. We, to take you behind the scenes, we always go for dinner, we always cuddle, we always really get into like a nice cozy vibe for watching these extremely fucked up movies. And it's um it it's always fun to do the worse the movie is just because it is like a, a bizarre activity to 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 have with your friend. Um, and honestly, I think maybe if I were to recommend regurgitated sacrifice in any context, it would be, um, find your, find your friend with the sickest kinks yeah. and sit them down with it and hold each other's hands and see, see which one of you throws up. Yeah, it's perfect. Because I won. Find another doll and <laughs> find another have doll. a nice little endurance yeah. test together. And if you both yeah. get through, then uh, start a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, then you've earned the right to pod. But yeah. So um, I, I, I I guess that the, the next uh, subject, and, and I mean, like, I we could talk, like, a lot more about regurgitated in terms of, like, the, like, you know, like, on, on a metextual level about, yeah. like, you know, like, the reputation of, like, Lucifer Valentine, like, yeah. the sort of bit he has of, like, saying Edge edgelord things and then people t take it as face value and then there's also all sorts of other 
shit that's associated with him, but, you know, you can, you know, I know the facts, but we're not going to talk about them on the podcast. But um, I think that, like, on a, on a greater level, um, what, what is interesting to me is, like, the idea of, like, you know, pushing to the limits of underground cinema and trying yeah. to make, like, extremely fucked up stuff. And, like, I'm a filmmaker who loves to push to the limits. Yeah. I have always tried to go as far as I possibly can. And I've never hit that ceiling in terms of, like, how transgressive I can be. Everyone always, like you know, um, strokes my ego and says, wow, that was so cool. And then, yeah. like, I hit the point where I was, like, you know, talking about castration at Sundance, and then Vulture calls me the future of indie film. Yeah. And it's like, oh, my God, this is, like, frustrating. Yeah. So it was kind of fun, actually, this week to, like, have a chance where, you know, I'm hanging out with some other dolls, you know, like, all people who are very successful in their fields, and I, I make a, a joke about my, my Dime Square connections, and everyone gets upset with me yeah. and I was like oh that's finally, like consequences. finally consequences like can I not just like hold me accountable yeah Daddy. hold me accountable for being disgusting I, I need my humiliation humiliation kink satisfied and I need like why else do you think that I support these movies I love so publicly it's because I want you to to be disgusted with how much of a fucking little freak I am but um <laughs> You know, we we talked a little bit about the Saskas in Regurgitated Sacrifice. So moving on to our second movie of the night, I decided to show you a little movie called Dead Hooker in a Trunk, which I want to frame as back in 2010, I was yeah. hanging out with Ryan Nicholson for the first time at the okay. Calgary Splatterfest. I told yeah. this story on the first episode. Yes. And he turns to me and he says, have you heard of these Saska twins? They were just in Lucifer's last movie. And I was like, no, I have not heard of these girls. And he's like, oh, my God, they just made this movie Dead Hooker in the Trunk. They are going to be the next big thing, I assure you. And the interesting thing was the Saskas did become the next big thing. Dead Hooker in the Trunk was released by AFC Midnight, um, did quite well for them. They ended up going on to make American Mary, which was a, a nice like mid-level hit on like for in terms of smaller uh, horror films. And then they went on to have, like, a very successful career as sort of, like, horror it girls and made a bunch more movies and then kind of tossed their career away. And we're going to talk a little bit about all of that um, together. Um, and it's just really funny because, like, I know the Saska twins. We used to hang out and party together. I very vividly remember one of them <laughs> saying, hey, are you a fucking asshole? And uh, Tristan Risk was like, nah. Louise is good. Louise isn't a fucking asshole. And they were like, that's good. We hate assholes. <laughs> and so, I mean, yeah. that's, that, that, that speaks yeah. to their character. Well, and, and like, my, 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 uh, my ex-wife, uh, Dion, like, uh, Jen and Sylvia read her tarot. They would hang out. I mean, like, the thing is, is like, both of the movies we talked about tonight are Vancouver movies. Once yeah. again, um, Vancouver, I, I guess I'm realizing as we do this is like such a heart of this like weird underground yeah. film scene, which I guess makes sense. Cause as I said, watching, both these movies, like, Vancouver's such a fucking shithole. It's it just is. easy to make a gross movie here. It really is. And, um, yeah, so, like, like this was, like, very the scene. And this was, mm. like, still the scene when I moved out yeah. here in 2012. And, and the scene I got started in. And, like, even Dead Hooker in a Trunk had a bunch of effects artists who had worked on Ryan's movie Gutterballs. Yeah. Which, like, obviously, you know, there's a lot of lineage uh, going through all of these movies we've talked about on the pod in terms of, like, who's involved in, in this new underground scene. And... Yeah. There's sort of tendrils that connect out through everything, and we could play Six Degrees, but instead we're going to talk about Dead Hooker in a Trunk, which I know that you were really excited to talk about because you loved it. Yeah, I had a great time. So picture this. 
It's Sunday morning. We're cuddled up in bed. I have a cup of black tea. We've just watched Regurgitated Sacrifice. Louise has vomited four times. <laughs> um, and we put on Dead Hooker in a trunk. And I know nothing about the Soskas except for a story that's coming later. And um, having just watched Regurgitated Sacrifice. And it's kind it's kind of just like a slow little mumblecore movie like it's I, I mean it picks up at points we'll get to the the scenes the big scenes um but and i mean you, i appreciate that i appreciate a good classic like classic exploitation movie where it's like basically nothing happens for long stretches and then it's got like the couple scenes that are well, the okay. scenes and this is the thing you get the right right so um, okay, and to paint the scene yeah we're in 2008 the saskas are riding high right. they just had a great time shooting regurgitated sacrifice they're, yeah. they're doing great in the uh underground scene they're they're kicking ass being like crazy weird girls here in vancouver yeah. um by the way like never bring up regurgitated to them they have like struck that from their record um, if you're ever friends with them, they think it was really cool. I hope they still think it's cool, but at least when I knew them back in the day, yeah. they thought it was cool. Um, but, like, the thing is, so, like, they're riding high on that, and they say, okay, we're going to make our own fucking movie. They were at the they were at VFS. They decided, yeah. fuck acting. People just want to, like, exploit us as actresses. Yeah. We are going to, like, become the fucking directors. Yeah. So they go to VFS, which is the Vancouver Film School. Yeah. Famously, Kevin Smith dropped out of there um, because it's a terrible film program. And uh, the Soskas actually got, like, basically kind of were forced to get kicked out of the program because they made a fake trailer mm. for Dead Hooker in a Trunk. Which, remember, this is, like, immediately po post-Grindhouse. Yeah. Everyone, myself included, was like, that was the best fucking movie ever oh, because yeah. it is. And we're all like, okay, the fake trailer shit, yeah. that rocks. We yeah. have to do it. Like, me and Dion, some of our first shorts were, like, oh, doing, yeah. together we're doing, like, fake trailers yeah. for exploitation movies. So, um, basically, what you end up with is them kind of making this fake trailer and then saying yeah. fuck it we're gonna make it a whole movie and it's so fascinating because it's this 2009 film released by ifc midnight and it is this perfect intersection of mumblecore and the underground yeah and i, I i've kind of complained a bit before about how like i th um like a movie like um uh baghead which like sony pictures yeah. classics had put out it's it's a, a duplass's movie like that's like the mumblecore horror film where it's trying to be like oh, we're doing a mumblecore horror movie, but, like, the whole thing is kind of building up to, like, non-action. It's like, mm. oh, someone showed up who was scary, and maybe a friend got killed. And, oh, my God, this and that. And that, that's kind of, like, all the mumblecore mm. horror, like that, or, like, Silver Bullets. Like, good dramas, but mm. they don't really figure the horror element out. Okay. It's kind of almost, like, kind of tricking you okay. with the horror. We'll watch a few of these movies, I'm sure. The but, only one from that kind mm. of zone and era I've seen is Creep, which I love. Well, um, Creep's so late in yeah, that. Like, true, Creep is true, just true. like, yeah, Creep is like and post that. And, and it sounds like it's a lot more of a straight horror movie than what you're It is, yeah, yeah. No, Creep does not yeah. count in that at Okay, all. okay. Um, I just know Duplass involvement. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, him and Patrick Price. But yeah. like, okay, so cutting back, you've got this intersection of like mumblecore and horror happening, and none of them are super successful, except for the exception, which is uh, Dead Hooker in a Trunk, which... Mm. Is, is not a great movie. It's very low budget, 
but it has this ingenuity and DIY spirit that I absolutely love this Oscars for yeah. accomplishing and for for trying to do. Some of the gags in it are, are so fun and yeah. so silly. Yeah. And the style is like all over the place, but it's like throwing spaghetti at the wall and some stuff works and some stuff doesn't. Yeah. And what I was kind of saying to you is what's most fascinating is like the juxtaposition between the movie having these sort of mumblecore friend hangout scenes yes. and this like sort of coming of age plot versus these like underground, like we're trying to be Rodriguez and Tarantino, grindhouse Gonzo, level stuff. Hyperviolence, like, yeah. They don't mesh at all. No, but because of, of their juxtaposition, it actually kind of heightens the mumblecore stuff and actually being kind of good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where where the mumblecore stuff gets to operate as a break and the the violence gets to kind of operate as a wake up call. It's also this insane juxtaposition, like I was saying in the intro to to just between these two movies of like you get like this insanely hyper stylized edited super fast everything is horrible all of the time thing with regurgitated sacrifice and then this movie just sort of goes in long stretches where it, it will just be this hangout movie and it's 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 it once once the violence steps in once they're once you get the into the rhythm of it where it is just like hard gear shift hard gear shift then those mumblecore sequences start working really well exactly because you're getting you're 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 getting this like breather at the beginning i was like a little bit like oh i'm i'm still working through that last one was still mm -hmm. kind yeah, no, of my it's a hard double um, bill i'm <laughs> Of course. I mean, like, the, the and, thing is, is like, hmm. there's, even though they're only two years apart, it yeah. is such a dramatic shift it in is. how these movies work. And because it it's kind of interesting because, like, like you know, Lucifer Valentine's kind of closing out the 2000s, yeah. um, what we expect of these types of movies with, like, the, the Vomit Gore trilogy, where it's kind of like the, the last hurrah of underground jussants. Like, it's mm. just, like, such an explosion of the most filth, sick perversion, yeah. like, pushing to the heart highest of like satisfying the unsatisfiable yeah and then you have kind of the reset happening with a movie like dead hooker in a trunk which is now it's like stripping it back down yeah. it's trying to make like a more traditional feature-length film coming from the underground tradition but then also absorbing in the new mumble core filmmaking yeah. style that is now going to permeate the next five years yeah. so it's kind of fascinating in that regard and i think it it's mostly successful but hard to watch in hindsight yeah it's and it is so tied into that era i the first thing i wrote down was she walks right into that bar at the start of the movie and it's a post-hardcore band with two vocalists with big bangs and white belts and that's my shit that's my world baby i'm so happy that the pendulum's starting to swing back and people are doing bands like that again because i was I, I was livid seeing that as the the intro to the vibe of the movie being like shit c-tier blood brothers core i'm i, I was obsessed with that and the uh, the grindhouse aesthetic i very much remember from that time because i was in junior high i was just seeing tarantino movies for the first time and just starting to get into into the the trash of it all because i i feel like maybe that is like being a teen during that period maybe just created an increased number of like people with our brain disease like because it yeah. was such a 
That was such well, a the big Soskas would have been like twenty five when they made this movie, yeah. but I think it's like it, it's just be not even just being a teenager. It's that like post Grindhouse. Yeah, there was nothing you could do cool like that could be cooler being yeah. like an edgy girl than trying to make Grindhouse. Yeah, again. and like yeah. and it, you know that's the thing is like some of the stuff that's mm. actually like really fun successful yeah. sequences in Dead Hooker are the like set to music like yeah. set to ironic yeah. music action yeah. scenes or gore scenes it's like yeah. like sure it's like extremely dated but it still like kind of triggers that like one part of your brain that like yeah. is like oh my god I'm 14 years old loving this was, again when yeah. I was 12 years old writing like uh, writing like shitty shitty zombie movie screenplays for <laughs> I myself did that too. yeah uh, and exactly just entirely like consuming a diet of like uh tarantino and like amvs um <laughs> hey last <laughs> like, night last night i was hanging out uh, with a group it was me and yeah. two other dolls my yeah. age yeah and then a bunch of like our zoomer queer friends yeah and they're talking about these things called like meps which are like the like whatever oh, and i then, can't believe we're going then, down the mep no no, no. and then and then one of what like one of my friends another doll is yeah. having to explain what an MP, mep is to yeah. our other friend and she goes, oh, it's kind of like a modern AMV. And all the Zoomers had no idea what an AMV was. And the three of us looked at each other like we were like geriatric. Yeah. It was like a scary oh, experience. Well, and uh, the music in the movie is is that late 2000s AMV core thing where it's like melancholic indie folk on the one end and like white belt hardcore on the other end. And there's nowhere in between. It's... It's super. It, it's so sick for except for, for the unlicensed Beach Boys, music. except for the extremely unlicensed Beach Boys song, which also like Queen, like <laughs> Queen shit. Yeah, um, no, it rocks. Hmm. Um, it, it, it's it's very funny because like what the, what the Soskas are really doing is kind of like bridging this gap, and I, I think that. I, I, I would go so far as to say, like, even though I, I know the Soskas, I, I would go so far as to say that they're not, like, great filmmakers. Like, their instincts aren't all there. A lot like, of this movie looks really bad. Like I mean, really... I haven't seen the other ones, so yeah, I, I, mean, like, I they, can't they, speak they, to they them have in higher general, budgets later, course, but, like, but... They, they're really chasing their influences, and I, I don't think they have the best instincts. But, like, the thing with the Soskas is the Soskas are fucking cool. Like, yeah. I love hanging out with yeah. them. I love... You know, I love hanging with, with other edgy Catholic girls. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Way ahead of its time in the ironic Catholicism department. Holy shit. Oh, no. They are not ironic um, about it at all. Wow. No, no, no. No, they are very, like... Okay, we, but... No. Every irony Catholic says they're not... Right? No, no, no. They, they, okay, they're, so they're, they're legit. Like, okay. They're legit. Which okay. I... And kind of funny, like, the comparison between, like, the Lucifer Valentine to the to this. Yeah, like, true. like, the Lucifer Valentine's doing all the, like, sort of, like, weird ironic Satanism crap. Yeah. And then, like... Fucking Super there's like cringe. there's like very sincere, like softly satirical, um, like Catholicism stuff and Dead well, Hooker. Like I like they're thought... kind of making fun of it, but like it's 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 kind of soft in the jokes, you know? No, no. See, it has the like the, the character I think is literally called Goody Shoe Two uh, Goody Two Shoes. Yeah. Um and um every movie in the like mid to late two thousands has this guy where there's like a religious right guy who's like really repressed and he's usually like a Baptist or a Catholic, but he acts like a Mormon. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's and, so true. And, 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 you know, they always make the joke about like, what you don't, what God said I could do anal is always the joke with yeah. this character. Um, 
and it, it, it is an extremely Bush era well, texture. And how fucking and then, weird is it also that the serial killer's motivation is that his rabbi cut his cut his foreskin yeah, wrong or whatever yeah, and made his dick yeah, deformed? No, it's a really weird choice that I, like I had forgotten about when we were rewatching it. And I was like, this is this That's is questionable. This is really questionable. Yeah. The guy like, in the like fake Hasidic beard <laughs> too. That's their dad. <laughs> so oh, it's no. just like it's That's... the weirdest choice. Yeah. It's like well, and it's the priest too, right? Well, or was the... it no, no? Is it the, the priest, priest is the killer. Is the killer? Yeah. Is the killer? Yeah. Wait, those but... are two different guys. That was two different guys. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. I... Um, I, it, it's really, I might have been having some issues. Today. Yeah, no, it was, it, I, I, we were kind of tuning out a little bit during it, admittedly, because it, it, it's like ninety minutes. It's ninety six, um, and it's like, and it, it sort of drifts in. It and does out. drift in and out. Like, like the highs are really high. Like the semi trucks. <laughs> the truck. Yeah, the, see what the truck <laughs> is so do, good when they do the final destination bus gag, but just taking the arm with the semi truck, <laughs> and the post hardcore comes blaring back in on the yeah, soundtrack. It like rises. I, Cheered. Yeah, it was I so stood good. up and cheered. It was, it's transcendent. Um, and then it goes, it goes back. It's like, oh yeah. Yeah. Then you're back in another yeah. like weird mumble chorus scene. Yeah, like it's, it, like, it's so cool. And, and they like, and they're like putting a cast on her and like talking very quietly. And the arms just back. The yeah, arms yeah, back. of course it's it is. Just, it's there's no consequences. Yeah, we're just having yeah. fun. We're just having a good time with our friends, and that's oh, why I God. love these movies. I mean, like, it, it was really funny though, like how famous the Saskas got because, mm. like, I remember like hanging with Ryan, and he was doing effects on like one of their like they used to do these like uh, blood donation yeah. um, PSAs for YouTube, and like I remember they were shooting one, and it's like, oh yeah, no, I'm filming with the Saskas this weekend, mm. and it's like it's just so funny because like everyone knew each other, but like. <laughs> They were like really on the rise yeah. before the whole Pizzagate shit, um, um, which which I'm referring to. Um, that, that's all okay. Are we going much. into our last? No, no, no. no, no. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna mention this really okay. offhandedly, but okay. like it was really funny because because the Saskas kind of like did this really stupid thing, and I I really think it was kind. I I don't know. I think it was accidental. I don't think they knew any better, but like. Um, they had been promoting their movie Rabbit and had posted a fo- uh, the, their poster on their Twitter. And the poster for Rabbit is like, you know, the lead actress with her face all mangled. And Twitter had took, taken the poster down for terms of service violations and had uh, suspended their accounts um, indefinitely. And they ended up like going on this like big sort of like media crusade, like talking about how they were like unfairly being silenced by Twitter. So of course the alt-right jumped on that and they ended up going on Jack Posobiec of Pizzagate fame's fucking like radio show podcast thing. Yeah. And I was like, I remember that was the point where I was like, oh, oh God, uh, unfollow. <laughs> um, well, not, not, not answering, you know, like, yeah. not, not going to be uh being hanging out at the parties anymore with those yeah. those two, and, and they kind of stopped showing up. It was weird because like they were on top of the world at that point. They had like yeah. they had just like done their game show with Blumhouse. They were adapting Cronenberg. Blumhouse game show. They they did a show called what? Elevator for Blumhouse. It was a game was a, show. A, 
Where did this air? <laughs> I have no idea. I need to see that. Oh, yeah, no, it, ro- it rocked. They were I, so good. They were like I, our mistresses of mayhem as they tortured. <gasps> uh, uh, no, I would watch the fuck. Oh out no, of that. it was oh, so God. dope. We, like so we loved good. Elevator, and like that's the thing is like hmm. fucking the Saskas are like the no, perfect horror egg rolls, cool. and they are yeah. they are so sweet, and I love them so much. Like like I had the best times with them. They just they kind of fell down a little bit of a weird QAnon rabbit hole in the last couple of years but do you think it's like i don't know do you think it's like a genuinely believing it thing or do you think it's like a you kind of burned bridges in certain scenes and then the fascists no 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 but because they never went that far i mean like they're still making work i I mean like they're still in like the horror scene like i mean i love seeing them around and everything it it really is just a like it's that weird thing where like you know being i guess like the highlight of of what would be worth saying about this is how it, when you're a transgressive filmmaker yeah. or you're trying to transgressive art, the, the there's a very comfortable association with like how the like alt right can jump on it because like you know you're talking about the same sort of like fears of censorship and yeah. these sorts of things that like are kind of dog whistles that are like actually like really bad and problematic and like you know me being kind of like softly called out about. Um, supporting actors so much and like you know hosting that screening in Chicago yeah. or like introducing it uh, introducing the real screening trying to host the other screening um, I got canceled um, like you know like like there's such a fascination for like me as like a transgressive artist where it's like yeah I want to support other transgressive artists doing like cool transgressive art yeah but like this you know you kind of end up a lot of the times associated with scenes that are like extremely problematic to be a part of and it's kind of like man how do I reconcile the fact that like I like doing weird, crazy shit with people with the fact that... That might get you driven out of some of the more conventional kind of, like, queer spaces. Yeah, yeah. which, like, I don't want to. I love yeah. the, I love those queer, funny queers. Yeah. I love, I like, <laughs> no, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still a, uh, like, you know, a good person at heart. I just, yeah. like, I also just like, you know, making movies where I can throw up on camera. Yeah. And be, like, a little like vomit gore horror i would have yeah. absolutely done a, a lucifer valentine movie. oh my god yeah no i i can see it yeah i, I would have been it. so good in one of those yeah. movies i would have kicked this as a matter of fact me and ryan um before uh his uh he, he got cancer um and before amira got murdered um mm. we were actually developing a movie that was going to be me and ryan and amira levey uh doing a, a film together oh. um so like that was like kind of our plans in like 2016 2017 like that was something we were like in the early stages of putting together yeah and then you know life went really fucking south for everybody involved so that was like super you know depressing so i was like i was also like crying watching regurgitated it's just like so funny because it's like (laughs) you got so many fluids coming i know i'm like i'm like i'm crying i'm vomiting i'm having like an experience (laughs) this is like this This is is like the greatest film this is creating like nostalgia and like releasing trauma for me um but like it's it's really interesting (laughs) and i mean the, the the thing is is like like you know you look at where underground cinema started and where it was going and like this is like kind of an episode that's very transitory in terms of like connecting those two sides because yeah. we're, we're only two years apart now as opposed to like the decades that have separated everything else we've talked about yeah. um and it, it really is like the sort of like passing of the torch between yeah. like the like these like old guard guys and like like here's the thing like lucifer valentine's movies were still like obviously big and talked about up through like the yeah. mid 2010s but um like you know like there was definitely like you know unearthed putting out that like fucking vomit core trilogy box that that's yeah. like the peak of like that type of movie yeah like that is like huge and big and like that is like 
the sort of like upper echelon of like what you can strive for in like that like 2000s sort of mm -hmm. era and then like the Soskas in 2009 are kind of kicking off what's going to be like the next 10 years which is the sort of like mumblecore underground movie which yeah. like we've seen explored in like Hellaware and like these other movies that are kind yeah. of like more about like capturing some degree of underground subculture through a mumblecore lens yeah and like you know like you still have those like kind of staples of like you know going to the hardcore show and like yeah. these sorts of like scenes of like you know like oh um also i guess one of the biggest things is the Soskas are two fucking psychopath girls like myself who are yeah. like taking the reins and being like hey we're gonna make a fucking uh underground movie and like i really do <clears throat> think that one of the most unfortunate things is i think <clears throat> the Soskas could have gone a lot farther in their career um, if it wasn't for like the fucking misogyny in this industry and especially oh, yeah. in horror, um, because they absolutely deserved it. They've like put the fucking work in yeah. and, um, like, I, I, I think that's really unfortunate because like they're, they're really cool edgy girls yeah. and, uh, they make like pretty fucking entertaining movies. No, and... I, I would like to watch the other, the other Sasuke joints. I, I, this, uh, uh, we're 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 having fun clowning on Dead Hooker a little bit, but like it is. Well, yeah, and like, how can you blame like a movie made for like a couple tens for, of thousands yeah, of dollars exactly. and like shot on like a fucking Panasonic camera? Yeah, and like still got fucking still distributed got... by IFC. Yeah, and that's one of the funny things. Was like that's the type of movie I was seeing in like uh, twenty ten. Yeah, and like when I'm coming up into the like you know film scene like main computer it's 2013 i'm thinking that's the bar to clear yeah and like by that point things had fucking already shifted substantially because i yeah. was coming in starting making films at like the time when under like the mumblecore movement was like on its downslope mm. you know yeah like because like by that point i was talking with a lot of these mumblecore guys and like that movement had fucking passed you yeah. know so it's just like really kind of um fascinating how um you know, things changed really radically and fast at that point. And, and a lot of these movies started to lose the sort of distribution channels that, like, they formerly had. Yeah. Um, and, like, nowadays, there's people who are, you know, marginalized filmmakers who make really weird, cool shit, and they don't really have a platform to, like, take these movies to. And I think that that's, like, very interesting because there's movies that are far better than Dead Hooker in a Trunk made today that do not get the same level yeah. of release and exposure as like you know um a movie that was being made 10 years ago yeah and i think that's really fascinating and and maybe that just speaks to like you know being a more marginalized filmmaker it is a lot harder especially to exist in this space where like um as i said like you know my work has always like kind of existed on a weird periphery um because it is really transgressive and edgy yeah and like even though i've had like some industry support for my mm -hmm. weird mm -hmm. shit i do um it it's still like for 10 years it existed like basically in a complete obscurity outside of like my underground film friends a lot of whom were other filmmakers who were making the, the shit you know yeah. so um it's just like really weird once again louise telling her own story through the 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 lens of these programs me coming in the blind little lamb that i am just getting really overwhelmed by all of the vomit and 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 then kind of dissociating through a lot of dead hooker and then getting woken up periodically by a guy with a chainsaw or um a, a, a white belt band or a or a a, a truck arm yeah truck arm <laughs> truck arm <laughs> good old classic truck arm um, um 
Yeah, I mean, like, oh, yeah. hey, did we pot enough? Did we pot enough? Have how we much, potted? How, how, how we're, much time we're are we at? Fifty-five minutes. We're oh my god, that's okay. wonderful. Five um, minutes to kill. Five minutes to kill. Five I mean, like, we kill. can just talk about the Oscars. I was yeah. really happy about the we just Academy watched Awards. The, the Academy Awards happened immediately before we watched. Uh, uh, no, immediately after we watched the movies and before we recorded this pod. Uh, and it was a, a good time had by everyone. We had all of our friends over. We ate some pizzas. And yeah. We were pretty much happy about everything. Um, fuck all quiet on the Western front. All my homies hate all quiet on the Western front. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Um, um, I haven't seen it either. Um, but like, it, it was it was a good time. I got to hang yeah. out with all my friends who I've been shooting underground movies with lately. So it's like kind of fun that we could all bond together and watch something mainstream as the doctors and watch a really fucking weird movie sweep which i love yeah. i love that movie and um it, it's just like really watch cool one of the that daniels weirdos... come out as a crossdresser on national television i know isn't that cool yeah. i love life we are living yeah. in such good times life is um, so sick life is so dope okay the, the last thing I'll, I'll, I'll kind of end on here <laughs> is uh <laughs> i mean like i mean fuck do we have do we you know what audience like we have to kill an hour, and sometimes we're going to watch movies that just, like, do not um, oh. necessitate that yeah, long You know what? Time. You know what? I did actually have a real bit for three minutes. Okay. Um, which is, uh, I, this episode, you mentioned that you were going back to stuff you were saying about Ryan from episode one. This whole episode, I think, takes me back to episode one, in that the the theme of that programming those are our friends in the background who uh, uh, are we literally broke up the oscar party to do this um and, and everyone's laughing at us i'm sure plotting scheming to get those dirty transsexuals out of their group um the um it's okay i have other trans friends We're yeah good. We eventually can, I, i'm a yeah. trans separatist by the way yeah. me and if we're gonna go start a fucking commune you can yeah yeah, yeah. You we're getting to. our guns already um the uh, <laughs> The, uh, um, oh, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> You're relating it back to the first back episode. Back to the first episode. Um, both of these, the, uh, this program really did make me think, why are we doing this? <laughs> why are we doing this? <laughs> why are we doing um, this? What is... Well, what? Aoife, hmm. the reason why we're doing this is because... I have been trying to get canceled for the last fucking year. I know. Because I got really successful off of cutting my <sighs> dick off and I couldn't conceptualize it with the fact that I was like, okay, so now you care about me cutting my dick off now that I'm a fucking tranny? I know. Okay, I hate all of you. So my, my whole bit has been um, trying to get in as much trouble as possible and this podcast is just another outlet for that where I can kind of covertly talk about my really weird associations in the film world in very cryptic ways and uh you know then get berated by the people who who actually know me and what i'm talking about so it's like you know it's just another outlet for my yeah. like uh, literal insane sort of brand yeah. so i don't and, know and, and i get to make and, you suffer along with me yeah i, I get, get to drag you see, into cancel town that's the thing is is an exchange i get canceled but in return i get to cuddle with my friend and get uh traumatized for four hours a week and that's that's it's it's all worth it in the end i think i think that every doll needs to do this every doll, fuck, yeah. fuck like making dinner yeah, yeah, with yeah, your yeah, friends no. every literally, week you gotta like get the, you guys the dolls together and watch a vomit porn you movie. guys should just start one of these actually this isn't a good show 